Now tonight we're joined by Tullow Rugby Club. We've got four people in studio. We've got Sean Rowan, the club president. Tom Nolan, the fixture secretary and the manager of the under-20s. Cora Brown, she's a committee member, but she was last year's president and the first lady president of Tullow in the southeast region. And we've got Leinster Flanker and assistant coach to the J1s, Sean O'Brien. Guys, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Thank you. Now, lots to talk about, I suppose, and there's lots going on in the rugby, I suppose, is really gathering a lot of steam um, across the country, but particularly from a Carlo point of view and from a Tullo point of view, but we'll speak a lot more about that as the, as the show goes on and uh, and find out a little bit more about that. But we'll, we'll suppose we'll start at the start, and uh, Sean, maybe you could talk us a bit through the, the history of Tullo Rugby Club and where it all started. Stephen, um, Tullo Rugby Club was founded... 1927 uh, J.J. Roach he was elected president and um, M. Clifford was captain at that time the first game was against Bagnestone and it ended up in a scoreless draw um, Michael Roach from Rockview and uh, John Brown from Downings the Dawsons they featured in the first 15 after about 6 years the club was disbanded and the players they played with neighbouring clubs, Carlo and Detoy. Um, it was not until the mid-50s, I think in 55, the club was reformed. And people like Larry Kenny and Derry Moody, Bill Dowse, Tom Bradley, Christy Hennessy, they were the big names at that time. But unfortunately, it lasted only a couple of years. And it was reformed again in 1971. And among those attending the first meeting, Charlie MacDonald, Mick Ryan, Penny McAvoy was there, Pat Jennings, Noel Dillon, Bob Fagan, among others. And Tullow are getting grown from strength to strength since then. And uh, they won. Oh, sorry, just to cut it, what was the, why did it, um, I suppose, close down for a few years? Or what happened there, do you know? Or? I suppose lack of interest to maybe the GA at the time. The ban was in effect. Hmm. And if you played GA, you couldn't play rugby. So you had to choose. And a lot of these people, they were GA players, obviously, as well as being rugby players. But um, and when the band ended then in the early 70s, uh, uh, Tullow was reformed again. Right. And they won a South East Seconds uh, League in 1975. That was the first honour, I think, the club got. They beat Waterpark in the final. And the following year... They won the Leinster Seconds Cup, beating Cavan in the final. The game was played in Drogheda, I think. And the next year they won the Junior, the Junior won South East. So in a matter of two years, they had won three competitions. Um, since then, they've been they've participated in four Tone Cup semi-finals, five actually if you come to last year's, and they were mainly between seventy-eight and eighty-eight. They won a few southeast southeast finals as well, and uh, the underage, the first underage, uh, under eighteen competition southeast was won in nineteen eighty seven eighty eight season. Yes, uh, I suppose, um, like you were saying, when the, when there was a bit of a lull and the the, the club, I suppose, uh, packed up for a while. The, yeah, there is an awful lot of competition, and I suppose there still is from GAA, like it is the, the national sport. Um, but th- that was, must have been a huge uh, thing to try and overcome over the years. 
like especially like you were saying during the 1980s and everything trying to get people interested in rugby because it was one of those sports that wouldn't have been very well known or understood I suppose the ban really, I'd say, had, had the greatest effect on it onto the 70s. Certainly my father would have been, as I say, one of the founder members, but certainly when the ban came in, he absolutely, and when my brother started to show interest in it, my father was an old man, but he certainly couldn't tolerate anything, anything to do with rugby, even though he was a great sportsman. He had been involved in every sport, but once the ban came in for anybody who had been involved in Irish politics or Irish history, there was no way they could play. So it pay, played huge havoc with lots of families like that. And I mean, it's, soccer was much the same, but then soccer just, I say, probably grew faster then when it did get, when the ban did eventually rise in 72, because again, like the growth of rugby now, the growth of rugby in the, in the 70s, soccer had really taken hold in England and, and everything and I imagine that's why it just, when people, the ban was lifted, I'd imagine that's why people got more involved, say, soccer-wise and it took rugby that little bit longer to, you know, to ground its feet really, I suppose. What is that? I think, yeah, like your pitches, like if you look at the history of Tullow, they played in the Black Eights for a while, they played where Parkville were playing at the moment. They played out in Ardine and back to the Black Eights again in 1972-73 for a permanent home. So we've made huge strides since then where our clubhouse's first points were served there I think in 84-85 around that time and with the official opening in 1990. So we're we're developing ever since. That's it and it's uh, it's all it's it's going uphill as the years go yeah. on I suppose. That's it. It's, all, it's growing and growing, I presume. It's growing and growing. Right now, yeah. Huge growth rate. At the moment, we have huge and all the underage teams, as well as three adult teams going at the moment in under-20s as well. And obviously you need money to keep them going and jerseys and trainers and trying to get them all, keep them, get them all interested and keep them interested, I suppose, is the, is the task on your hands as well. Yeah, well, fundraising is a huge hmm. job in the club. And um, at the moment, all those players, they play with Tullow because um, they like playing rugby not because they're paid to play and we hope to keep it like that mm. and it's enjoyable when it's like that rather than having lads playing rugby because they're paid to play it that's it and uh, do, do, do you get funding from do you get any sort of I suppose statutory funding from anybody or anything like that from any group no, or anything like that it's just all fundraising we got our first grant money in two years ago there which um, we got, uh, which has been a huge help to us, was our lights and our underground, or you know, our lights and um, our pitch for under for you know that we can now train more successfully at night time or whatever. And that really was our first. And we've now been allocated. Last year, in fact, the last time I was in here was just uh, proudly announcing that we were the biggest uh, lotto allocation in the county, mm-hmm. which was back in February of this year. So we have two years to take down that money. So at the moment, we're trying to um, you know see what we're going to do with that money. We're going to build new dressing rooms hopefully and um, Tom over there is very involved in that and we'll hope to start work on that say in the next few months but when the, the club is going well it's easy to get money for jerseys and that it's the actual day to day running of the club it costs between 80 and 100,000 to run a club and that's the, that, the lotto doesn't cover that so that is hard graph from a committee point of view you know that's a lot of money and, yeah. and the, the money all goes into loads of different things travelling away games I presume we subsidise buses and the likes and that sort of thing as well mm-hmm. or to be you know encouragement I suppose to try and get people to go and cars and that but yeah who runs the the clubhouse itself up there or is that that's the that's everyone, I presume. Well, we have a committee. Yeah. yeah, Sean is president, and we have eight or nine people working on a committee. And um, but as I say, the most part of it, every meeting we go to, is fundraising and trying to, you know, trying yeah, to. Every Sunday morning, we have almost a hundred young people out there playing mini rugby. Oh, that's the most. Buy jersey for each of those when they travel away. Let's get a bus to take them. You can't depend on parents to take them. Insurance problems and other problems else. like that. They mightn't turn up. So we must get adults to travel with them. 
we must get coaches for them. All this takes time. Takes, we need money to do it. So we have fundraisers regularly and people are very generous to contribute. It's not any problem. That's it. And I suppose to be there'd be sponsors and everything that would stay with you over the years as well and help you out. Obviously people who are into rugby but yeah, I suppose local companies as well that just want to, you know, keep pumping it in and you know, like at the end of the day it does, it helps out an awful lot of um, kids that are coming in and training and everything, you know, and it keeps them going and keeps them interested, keeps them off the streets, I suppose, in a way as well. We're on a big promise from Sean Dunn at the moment, Stephen, so I'm just, our le- next letter is going back out to him. But he was claiming insolvency the other day, so I don't know whether that is just giving us the, 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 the guideline not to send him back our letter. But he did come to our Towns Cup final last year, uh, spoke very highly of us. He did play rugby. He actually was on that team that we got to Seconds Cup final back in 80. What was, year was it, Sean? Um, 80, 80, he was on that team at the time we won, we won the second season, cup yeah. Yeah. and um, he you know, certainly showed great interest and he said he would come on board for a couple of years but it's a tricky time to be going back to him now but he did tell us to write to him in January so we're here Sean and we'll be on so to you shortly for a few million it'll be only a drop in the ocean yeah. to him mm-hmm. well, local <laughs> businesses also contribute and we're very grateful for that yeah, we have it. two great sponsors locally yeah. Yeah. that's it and these the, obviously have standard fundraisers that you'd hold every year um, like last year um, one that I went to I suppose and uh, Rose of Tralee. Yeah. That was a, huge that was a last year. great yeah. night. Yeah. And really nice to the dogs in Scorsi, which just makes some money as well. And what, and, what yeah, other, and what other stuff during the year would you hold like that for people to have? We have a Christmas straw. Mm. Um, We've had a lot of, a weekly lot of. Our biggest fundraiser really is our Golf Classic. Mm. And that's just kind of a subcommittee does that. Kieran O'Byrne organises that every year with a sub- small subcommittee. And that is just kind of takes the, the pressure off the main committee. And that's in July because it's kind of off season for rugby. But like a phenomenal amount of work goes into that and great support. And that really kind of keeps us going during the summer months when there wouldn't be other money coming in rugby wise. Right. We're always short of money. Like I remember when the clubhouse was built in the beginning, we thought we'd never get it paid for. But mm. it was paid for. And a lot of credit must go to Michael Clowry there, I think. Michael put a lot of work into it. And um, that's why we have the clubhouse now, mainly because of the work he did and his helpers. That's it. And I, I think it's often some of the people don't realise when they see a clubhouse there and everything, they think it's just, you know, there it is and that's it. But there's an awful lot of money being pumped in behind the scenes just to, and just to keep it afloat and keep it going. Because like, yeah, got Tullow Rugby Club in studio with us tonight, and we've got Sean O'Brien, Cora Brown, Tom Nolan, and Sean Rohan. Now we heard a bit about, I suppose, the background to Tullow Rugby Club and uh, evolving over the years. But we're going to speak with you now, Tom, about, um, I suppose, underage and that because you've got a quite a number of teams, um, um, all different age categories and uh, boys and girls and whatever up along. But it started at the bottom, I suppose, and, and work away up. Yeah, starting at the bottom. Um under sixes is the youngest we have in it, up to about under twenties or underage. There's in or about four hundred kids in that. A um, lot of organisation, a lot of mind, a lot of coaching. They come under the umbrella of Sharon Ward, who couldn't be here this evening, so I'm talking for Anne Antoinette Nevin. <coughs> now, under sixes to under twelves, we deal with them on Sunday morning from eleven. So it's. Um, you have coaches out there giving up their time Sunday morning. Our PRO, PJ Haskins, is one of them. Jimmy Tobin does a lot of work there. Sammy Bryan and the lads. Um, your hopes for your sixes, the twelves, is that you're going to find in among those bunch of guys another Bernard Jackman or another Sean O'Brien or another John Roach, you know, maybe. 
I don't know if under 12s look up to Ivan Lynn a whole lot, but you might find one of them in there as well, you know. <laughs> but that's your hopes for the young lads. And it takes a lot of work. And it's every Sunday morning from 11 on. Um, but they're always willing to take on more young guys there from around the area. There's, I suppose there's about seven or eight football clubs involved if you're to split them up that way. And guys that don't play football, guys interested in soccer and that. But um, it's not a big job to join up with those minis, as they're called. Um, Andrew Doyle is the man that's over them, Andrew from Clamore. And they just show up there with their parents' consent, um, two passport photos, a pair of gum shields, a pair of boots, and the guys will take them on from there. That's Sunday morning from 11 to 1. Um, they run out in blitzes then of a Saturday, usually in Tullow and Escorty, the general southeast area. Moving up then, under 14s, train on Mondays and Thursdays with the 16s and 18s. This group now is where you'll find guys going into the southeast and hopefully on into Leinster, as Sean and Bernard and those guys made their mark and got up there. Um, Harry Byrne would have been another guy who went through that and played for Ireland in the under 20s system. Um under 14s, Nettie Bowes, John Chapman and Peter Fagan look after the guys there. So, they were um, off to a shaky start during the year, but um, they're getting finding their feet now and they're coming together as well. The under 16s then are doing very well. They have a quarter final this Saturday in Tullow, and that's at um, one thirty. the under 16s is. They're under Luke Haid and Collie Nolan. But, um, some of the under 16s have joined the uh, South East already, the development squad in the South East. Young, um, I hope I don't leave any of them out now. Young Gary Haid, I know, is one of them. Um, Jack O'Nolan, Nolan, Stevie Nolan, and Pookie Canavan, son of the all time great Larry Canavan, of course. Uh, and Pauline, we won't leave Pauline out there. <laughs> the under 18s then. <laughs> are under Shane Riley and Phelan MacDonald who do an awful lot of work in the club in coaching these two men Shane also plays wing with the seniors but um, the under 18s are in a quarter final in Tullow as well against Burr and that's at a 2pm 2, 2 in the Black Gates Saturday so um, there's a couple of those guys working through the South East as well and young Stevie Smith there who'd be he played under-21 football for Philly there in the final. Didn't do too well, but he's up with Leinster now on trials in Leinster as well. So he's um, progressing fairly well, as are the under-18s. And you were saying there's about 400 young people. There is, yeah, when you take them all into account. When you think think of 400, you sort of think to yourself, well, how do you get them all onto a team and playing and stuff? Is that hard? It's extremely hard. That's why... Without disappointing them and, and turning them away, well, not tur- well, turning them the w- away, you know. The system, the system in Leinster and the system in the South East <coughs> doesn't allow for that. Hmm. Like, if you have fourteen little fellas under six, then you play fourteen. If you have thirteen, you play thirteen. You know, you'll change them around all the time. Yeah. There's no such thing as leaving a guy sitting on the bench. You know, um, it must be hard to get competition, especially with the blitzes. Yeah, you need yeah. referees, you need coaches. Like hmm. you're playing across the field, you could have. 20 teams playing on one pitch that's it at any stage you know uh, so you have to try and mind them and keep them it's, uh, keep them interested I suppose is the hardest thing because they tend to get bored if they're not well, getting played if they're not coached right they'll get bored if they're mm. not looked after right and that's where those people come in of a Sunday morning that's where Sean O'Brien comes in Bernard Jackman that's where 
the whole Leinster thing comes into it and when you know a thing when you're winning like Leinster are doing well now and they had the crowd back in Donnybrook oh, yes. you know mm. where they belong so it's like Anton, it's like the darts last weekend you went to any pub in Carlo there was lads throwing darts you know because the, the world darts was on that's so, it so we'll see what happens when the downhill slope skiing comes on you know we'll be running around the summer square out there I doubt it <laughs> but um, young lads will follow through and when you look after them they'll stick with you you know that's it and uh, the season's the way it works out we're not really competing with the GEA anymore you know like if we have a good player we'll keep him there's no doubt about that that's you it know? But, um, but, but uh, and that's what I was sort of talking about earlier. It seemed, rugby has seemed to carve out its own group of people. I think over over the years, like you're saying, it's not re- it's not really up against GA anymore. It's got its own section, you know. Well, it's got its own um, followers, like uh, people that will stick with rugby. Yeah, it know? has a course, uh, uh, and GA have people that will stick with it, and some players that could have made fine rugby players along the line that didn't mm. that they stuck with the GA and as Cora said before that might come from a family history might come from the love of the game mm. you know that's you know people differ and that's the way it is a lot of people that play football didn't go into the rugby a lot of them did and progressed to play for Ireland like you know um I suppose, I suppose, like when you look at it, a lot of footballers um, like they stuck to their football but later on in life they've always said I wanted to try rugby like yeah. you'll, you'll talk to lots of lads in Carlo here at the minutes that'll, that'll tell you that and uh, I suppose then they find out like that they're good at rugby as well so in the, like it's a pity they don't play it a bit earlier or, or, or choose the sport a bit earlier to see which one they are better at mm. and uh, that'd be my um, point of view on it like as in when I was younger I, I had to make the decision like to stop playing football or to play rugby so I decided to play rugby well it didn't really stop me playing football every now and again but the main the main sport was rugby then like That's so it. and I it's paid off for you now as yeah, well yes exactly yeah. but it's gone that came from the family at home like and being brought out to our rugby club like when I was eight and just kept playing and got so interested and as as Tom said there like the the coaches that were over me like kept me interested and brought me up along so I think it's important that there's a mixture there as well between the football like it gives you it gives you a lot of skills to play rugby with so a bit of both is, is no harm was much of a choice for Sean anyway he played for the Cox and he wasn't that good you know so <laughs> let him on to the rugby you know <laughs> we'll live without there's a perception out there as well that uh, and, and I've heard it from others and that as well that, are, that we, where kids that pick up an interest in rugby they'll be watching Leinster Munster whatever it is and they go that's a, they won't let them play because they think it's dangerous now what what would you say to parents out there with kids, aspiring rugby players and that their kids are mad to play bit of rugby and they want to start training yeah. for the likes of Tull or that what would you say to them um, if you were to pick up a video or a DVD I suppose of a game in the 80s and where it was you know put up your jumper run mad mad malls and all that but the situation now where referees and coaches are so well trained yeah. and have to be trained yeah. that you know you follow a, a guideline the rules Sean will tell you better than this but like the injuries in Tullow this year were minimum yeah. minimum now I think there's a couple of guys on the senior team with a couple of ligament things. Yeah. Like, you can do your ligament. You underage. You know. Which is what parents, where the parents are concerned. Yeah. But you know, there's so, much, that, like, you so don't much discipline at underage now. It's terrific. Yeah. You'd very, very seldom see a chap getting injured badly. It's so kind of up to senior level. It's not yeah. as bad as rumours might suggest. I suppose it's only as bad. When you get to the likes of the professional rugby where Sean is, yeah, fair enough, you're faced with injuries there. Obviously, because you're older, but you're bigger. But it's more, it's, it's a lot tougher. But as well, in senior,
senior uh, local rugby in that as well. But like for kids, there. I think I, I think for like for kids, uh, there's not that element of danger or anything there. It's about having fun. Like it's about getting involved, mm. and like at that age up until 16 18 let's say you're not you're not physically developed so you're not going to be hitting hard or like you know or, or using your brain or using your head to hit rooks or anything with but as you get to the senior ranks that's when it gets physical and that's when um, the injuries might come into it like mm. but there, there isn't if you uh if you're if you're playing with playing with your heart every week, you're not you you probably won't get injured. It's when you, it's when you have to go into a thing that you're unsure about or a tackle that maybe oh will I tackle him? That's when you that's when you end up getting an injury or or something like that. But I don't I think for the younger kids it's all about just enjoyment and being there and learning the game and getting involved, going out with going out on a Sunday with all your hmm. friends like and having a good laugh. Risks are no higher than with any sport. That's it. Any team sport really? Sure they're not keeping active. No, yeah, it's all about keeping um, active. Watching children play in the school yeah. See mm. what they get up to. You never see a child injured in the schoolyard. That's mm. it. So rugby, there's a ref, there's a coach, there. So it's very disciplined. And the rules will so keep the their game safe as well to an extent as well. Yeah, so they're rarely, rarely seen. Very rarely seen injury. That's it. So that's the the kids anyway up to yeah. eighteen. As I say, after that we have an under twenties team. Um, this was core team up for a good while, and she got an under twenties team to a, to a Harry Gale final. And then I took it over on her <laughs> because um, there is a decent under twenties team this year. There's a couple of lads, you know, that could break through in the southeast, maybe into Leinster. Um, I think they will, Corey. Yeah, there's a couple of young lads there. We hold, you know, Derry Byrne, a few of them lads. We hold out strong hopes for those. But they are captained by um, a young fella there whose family would be big in the taller rugby, and they've been there. So, young William O'Brien. The Hall O'Brien's apartment at Castle O'Brien's, so... That's actually, the first under-18 competition that Tolo won was in 1988, and an uncle of the Hall's, Willem, Ger uh, was captain of the team in that day. Dennis also played, and many more of Tolo Grace later, people like James McGrath and Tom Nolan, they all played in that day. That's a that wasn't me now, by the way. That was deep that's it um, on the youth again YDO officers is youth development officers he heads around the schools in our area um, Vinnie Mann is our YDO and he's doing a very good job on it that's it um, he's there a long time now you know Recruit- so, recruitment recruitment officer officer yeah <laughs> sort of as well yeah so Vinny is very good at that job, but he's there. He's there since your time, Sean, wasn't he? He was. Uh, yeah. I suppose Vinny and Vinny, uh, Larry Canavan, um, Jerk Kavna, Pat O'Keefe were the four men that uh, that were over me up tr- tr- the whole way up along. So I owe a lot to the four of them as well. But uh, Vinny, Vinny is uh, sure like he, he's always there, like when you need him, and um, he's he's mad into rugby. So it's great to have a man like that with such interest. You know, I think what Vinny mainly brought to the club was he broadened our catchment area. Mm. He took in all the small schools around the area and he visited these schools and he encouraged the young lads to play with Tullow. And then he went to the community school. He also visited Hackerson Secondary School and this enlarged our, our selection. That's it. And I'd say obviously, in turn, obviously helped the club to grow and grow the hugely. Over it does, yeah. And he's still there. He'll, he'll still referee a game for your... Yeah. He'll be there, he's, he's only a phone call away any time, so he's, he's a good help to the club. And that's it, and they're the people that you need to keep it going. And You, you know, do, and you need more of them every year, yeah. because you're going to get more kids every year yeah. as as success rate grows in the club. And, like, getting to the Towns Cup final, you know, got, I suppose, 100 more young kids out there, you know? Yeah. So, that's the way 
Um, I suppose support out there then would be a big thing on our list. Um, when Sean and Larry and the lads have the team out of a Sunday, they're out this Sunday actually at 2.30. Again, the Garda College. Right. So probably a very winnable game is it Sean? Yeah one we were targeting anyway and um, hopefully we can get a result we need to win basically the rest of our games to uh, get up into that top 8 of the league but there'll be no um, there'll be no slouches either like and uh, they'll, they'll be coming down uh, hoping to win as well so it should be an interesting game and hopefully we can get a decent crowd out there I suppose the Towns Cup last year uh, we got we were getting crowds and we got to the quarter final semi final stages like but what I'd like to see is I'd like to see uh, like more people at the, the smaller league games and it's getting right in behind us because it means the world to the players I know that anyway and and being a player like. I love when there's a big crowd there and they're roaring on behind you so like uh, even if it's 10 or 20 more people at every game that comes it. it's it's a big help like so um, hopefully we can have a good crowd there this Sunday and get a win that's it and, and that's the thing and it, it does it does an awful lot for a team and the, the support like you were saying the extra 10, 20 people whatever it is it just it, it, some people don't realise to a player how much that would actually boost you and boost the team like you know yeah exactly because even even a referee will hear that crowd, and like it, it, a crowd does influence uh, a game to a, a certain extent. Like maybe not at the top level, but uh, at that level, he doesn't want to be getting any stick like uh, off anyone really. <laughs> so if he's a big crowd there roaring at him and uh, behind our team, um, it does make a difference, you know. Tonight in studio, we've got the Tullow Rugby Club, and uh, we have different groups every week. If you have a group out there and you want to get involved, all you have to do is send us an email over to you at KCL or 96fm.com or phone the radio station 1890 90 now we're going to speak with Sean O'Brien Sean um, Leinster flanker I suppose he played for Ireland as well they're doing extremely well though with the Leinster team but tell us go back to the start when did you start playing yourself um, I suppose I started playing when it was uh, as far as I can remember anyway under 8 it was um, uh, with Tullow and uh, I suppose I came. I played there for a year, but when I got to community games level, I actually had to play with Ballinra at all because uh, it wasn't my area at all. So um, I didn't know really what way that had worked because most of my friends were uh, playing with Tolo like in the community games. So it was an interesting game that day actually because um, John Murphy, a good friend of mine, and uh, William Canavan, they were playing on that team, and I suppose they were their two main players and. Uh, a few of us like on the Ballinat Hall team then that were playing with Tullow were ours so um, it was a good day though because uh, I suppose me and John Murphy were having a good go at each other all day long so it was an interesting match but um, after that dwelled out um, I, I played under 12s with them and uh, I suppose kept coming up under uh, under Larry Canavan and Vinnie Mann and Jerk Havana and Pau Keefe as I've said but and to the under 16s and under 18s and I suppose our, uh, the best team we've had out there was probably our under 18s and under 20s team um, we got to the we got to this, won the South East final with the under 18s against New Ross and Tullow which was a great day for everyone and um but uh, the the Gale Cup then we went on to the Gale Cup the following year and uh, I suppose we should have won us one le- we left behind us um, didn't really click on the day and um, that was a disappoint that was a disappointment in my uh, rugby playing c- career with Tullow anyway so I was uh, I got one or two games in with the first as well one when it was sixteen and. <laughs> 
shouldn't have been really playing at all but um, back, to, back then I suppose it's a good few years ago but uh, uh, it, was, it was good though to get the chance and um, I think uh, Melly was Melly was doing a bit of coaching down there at the time but uh, they were short one day and I jumped in but mm-hmm. it was short lived because there was, a, there was a bit of a row in it and I was in the middle of it Not, I wasn't doing anything I was probably scared of my life in it but uh, a few kicks and stuff were thrown in and that was the end of that but uh, it's kind of did we win the game did we? Uh, we did did we win the game? It was against Rattrum. I think we did win the game mm-hmm. in the end. Um, really it was uh, it was a good occasion as well. But uh, from then on, I suppose I, I got uh, got involved with the South East Leinster as as Tom was saying. There, there's a few young lads there at the minute mm-hmm. involved in it and. Um, Martin Fenlon and Vinnie uh, and Vinnie Mann was kind of over that set up down there and I got picked for the Leinster Youth saying no my first year I didn't make the, I didn't make the cut on the first year and I just kept the head down I suppose and kept playing with Tullo and the second year came around and uh, I started every game for him so I did it number 8 um, and we won into pros that year so that was a great experience like but I didn't really know where my career was going at that stage mm. like I, I I wasn't thinking professional or anything at this stage but uh I suppose then I got a phone call one day about getting into the Leinster Academy and would have come up for a, there was an interview and um, there, it was a massive kind of process uh, to get into that but uh, I got in there anyway and um, I suppose I haven't looked back since like it was uh, I was in that for three years it's a three year program and the first year I, I suppose the first week I was in it and we still laugh and joke about this up there but the first week I was in it I just I I nearly died in it, like, and uh, just intensity, was the intensity, it? Intensity, the running. We done twelve kilometer runs, like, and I, I suppose I ran a length of the field until I was a warm up, like, and then I played a game. <laughs> so we did, we were doing twelve and thirteen k runs. So we were uh, in the mornings and weights on top of that, and then coming out in the evenings and doing more runs. And, and was that just to separate, I suppose, the men from the boys at that stage, or is that just is that the norm? Well. It, to be honest, back then, uh, like that's four years ago now, and uh, I suppose mm. the academy is changing every year, it's developing every year. But back then, it was to separate uh, the, I suppose, the mentally tough fellas, uh, get rid of the weaker lads mm. type thing. Because I suppose by the end of that preseason, there was four lads gone out of that academy program. Mm. So, I, like, I suppose I, I the fir- very first day I was running, I was thinking to myself, I would say I was about eight kilometres through the run, and uh, I was getting cramps everywhere. <laughs> And I stopped on one run, and I remember the fitness coach just shouting at me, "Keep pushing, keep pushing yourself, keep pushing yourself." And I tell you, the way I looked at it was, I just thought of everyone at home, and uh, I kept going. I said, "I'll just, I'll just do this now mm. and get through it." And uh, that's exactly what I done. And um, I suppose the following week, then it gets easier every day, every day then. And uh, but it was a very, it was a big eye opener to me. And, yeah. You know the, the the level of intensity up there. You're handed a fantastic opportunity, but by God, do you earn it? Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's there. Mm. It's there. It's there for the taking. But you have to. It's unreal the amount of work that does go into mm. it. When you look back on it now, I suppose you take things as and they do you come to you. Those four guys that lost the first week were they very good, or they just had stamina? I reckon it depends as well because I suppose four years it's different to now the selection process is way different now like they really pick out the best players maybe four years ago they were picking out players that maybe had a bit of potential um, I was one of them probably and uh, but they didn't know how to react to certain things so I'd say I'd say they were decent players but maybe just didn't have it didn't want to be a rugby player mm-hmm. and um 
I suppose from then on, after three or four weeks of that, um, I was flying fit, and I suppose I was I was I was a good bit ahead of other people in that in that system at the time. But uh, I done I done my three years in that, and I suppose the second year in it, uh, I was injured. I tore ripped my hamstring twice on both legs, and. I, I broke two bones in my hand and I suppose I was riddled with injuries in the second year of that mm. so I didn't develop much at all that year as a rugby player like or uh, skills or anything really I was just injured the whole time so and the third year then I, I really made a good push for it and I said this is make or break time now mm. so uh, I went for it as best I could anyway and it's kind of it paid off then uh, coming into this season last season I got a few a few sub subbed a few games for the seniors never got a run never like but it's, it's great to just get the experience and have a look at what what the, a taste for the action is going to be like like that's it and it, there's a huge amount of competition there as well how many of those under 18 would be still involved with the Leinster set up at the moment Sean um, I'd say there is a the under the under 18s the I captain for the Six Nations it was a mixture of schools and youth players mm. and um, I suppose there is about eight in the set in the setup at the minute but there's only there's only four of us I'd say that have uh, full contracts mm. other other guys maybe are on um, still in the academy or have gone to different provinces and stuff but there is a few that are still knocking around and, and a few that are playing very well at the minute. Mm. So yeah, you'd be good. left in the academy for a certain length of time, or what? Um, the academy is three years. So yeah, if you haven't so you met it, after yeah, three years. if you haven't met it after three years, that's that's it. You look at your club, bye bye. That's it. So you really have to take the chance and and go for it. But obviously, it's paid off for you, and you, you've got a fantastic amount of runs for Leinster this year. Yeah. Like and what's the competition like with Shane Jennings? So Jennings is an Irish international, like, and uh, you can't take that away from the man. And mm. um, I suppose the ba- back row there at the minute is international class. Obviously, uh, Jamie Heaslip is there at number mm. eight. Rocky Ilsom, Australian number six. Mm. You know, Stephen Kyo was a regular starter last year at six, and he, he's a very tough player as well. Good, they're all good back rows there at the minute. Kevin McLaughlin, a fella that's a year older than me, he's a number eight. He's there as well. He's always pushing for places. And I suppose, like, if I if I relax at all, someone else would be in ahead of me. So. As you say, you really have to take your opportunity, and it's every week you have to do it as well. And that's the thing. Like I, 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 like I, I kind of have to keep keep uh, implementing in my in, in my head, like yeah. to to keep working, keep working that's harder it. and harder every day. Some people might think, oh, well, Sean's made it now; he can rest, and that's it. You can't rest on your laurels; you're no. pushing because you're always fight, fighting for your position. And you know, if you don't, you're going to be left on the bench. Exactly. Exactly. And I six or seven caps or whatever I have for Leinster like, but sure that's nothing. Mm. It's nothing like to what I mm. want to get to. And mm. if I relax, I, I won't get you there. You won't get it. It's so uh, I know that, and uh, you know it's 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 a big challenge ahead of me now. I, I suppose hopefully I'll get my opportunity this weekend to play. And at the start of the year, I sat down with uh, Michael Checker, and he said to me, "What's your goals for the year?" And I said to start uh, on to be on the starting fifteen every game. And I suppose I've been on, I've been on uh, the, I've been on every panel. I suppose bar the two winning cups, I was injured, and but um, I've been on, I've been, I've been getting on reasonably well. It's, it's gone, it's gone well so far for me. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. happy with the amount of game time I've got in in most games. Anyway, some games maybe a little bit disappointed not to get a bigger run. But mm-hmm. every time I went on, I've tried to do my best and I've tried to impress. So. Um, it, I'll, have to, I'll just have to keep uh, taking it from here, you know. Well, I think from a supporter's point of view, you're the one to watch, especially in, in, in that position as well. Like, and and uh, one, I suppose, it's making the biggest 
jumps or biggest strides this year from a Leinster point of view you know what I mean so I suppose that's all positive but like you said it's it's always shoulder to the wheel and you have to keep going exactly yeah because like the support up there this year is fantastic and even after that even after that my first time in cup game against Cast uh, I was subbed at 70 minutes like and Bernard Jackman was uh, skitting me after the game saying I'm the new crowd's favourite because um, the, the, they gave me a good round of applause going off he said he wanted to be he wanted to get that round of applause <laughs> but we had a bit of a laugh and joke about that but, um, I think people appreciate though that as well you're a young fella you're coming in like you're only 21 like yeah. which is people don't realise lo- you know what I mean they don't realise what age some of the players are and to get those achievements at that age and that I think like you said it's, a, it's an applause just to sort of recognise where you're, you're coming from as well and the fact that it's not easy and there's a lot of players in the Leinster team fighting for their positions to keep their positions Tr- like. throughout the squad there to mm. minute, it's the strongest it's probably it's ever been mm. Like so even like the likes of O'Driscoll Fitzgerald Kearney Garvin Dempsey all these lads are fighting for positions every mm. week like so you don't know what team it's going to be it doesn't it doesn't matter who you are up there at the minute and uh, he'll drop anyone or he'll play anyone that's it. if you're performing and that's the way he works it and uh, it's a good way of working things as well like and you know that's that's why the, that's why there's so much competition up there at the minute as well you know that's it that's it well um, a bit a bit of a preview you're, you've been named on the panel I suppose for the match uh, um, at the weekend um, against Cardiff uh, looking ahead to us can you win? yeah it's going to be a tough game they're, they're, they're second from bottom in the league but that's nothing to go by they have a, uh, an unbelievably strong squad to have your man Powell at number 8 and Martin Williams at 7 so there's two Welsh internationals uh, the brilliant backs Robinson at out half and it's going, it, that, that's going it'll be a battle in the RDS on Saturday evening and I've no doubt in my mind about that and they're going to be gunning for us and we'll have to we'll have to really front up and Bring it, bring it up another level, especially going into a Heineken Cup week, because it's, it's basically it's a test match this week and a test match, test ma- sorry, a test match next week. So um, you know, it's, it's going it, the, the level of intensity has to be up this week for next week. You said you have a busy month with Heineken Cup games as well, but Leinster have had their ups and downs as well. But obviously, the last two games, Connacht, Ulster, things are starting to look up. And what does that? How much does that affect morale in the camp? Well, it, with, obviously, with losses like with losses, losses, uh, no one likes to lose, mm. and especially me. I do not like to lose at any at any sport I play. But um, like winning, when you when you win a game or two like that, and, and in the way we done it, less, the Connacht game wasn't the prettiest game in the world, but the Ulster game was well hard fought, big mm. hits going in all over the place. It was a it was a dog fight, like especially up there with the crowd. Their crowd uh, are, are unreal, like. hard to face. Yeah, mm. exactly. So. Um, you know, but everything's looking up now, and we have a full st- a squad to pick from this weekend, just about. And you know, hopefully, we can keep winning. Winning is a winning is a habit, like, and losing is a habit as well. So we have to keep winning, and we have to keep building, and we have to take every week, every match as it comes to us. And uh, then, then at the, uh, hopefully, at the end of it all, we'll be at the top. That's it. Well, Sean, the very best of luck. Anyway, I'm sure we'll be seeing and hearing a lot more from you anyway as well. Now, we're fast approaching 10 o'clock, um, but uh, with a bit of time left. But Cora, just, um, we want to talk to you um, a bit. I suppose, um, as well as the, the numbers growing in underage, um, uh, women's rugby is another thing that's starting to take off as well. Well, we started back in October, um, the ladies' rugby, just in case I'd get bored after my two years as president. And a few people, women, had approached me, and I really didn't know. I knew quite 
quite honestly, I kind of couldn't decide myself how much of an advocator of women's contact or, you know, physical sport I am. But um, certainly for the first two months, we had between 20 and 30 out every Monday, Wednesday night. And they're still there. Um, we have a South African guest over with us for a couple of months, Reno um, Westhausen. He takes them along with Sean O'Brien. Again, he's able to make himself available any night he's around. And William O'Brien, he's Sean's other brother. And they're brilliant with the... They're brilliant ladies' men, these three. Yeah. So they make themselves available any time they can. <laughs> but anyway, it's great fun. And um, I've even done a bit of the training myself. And our first game is next Sunday and against Wexford. Now, it's not going to be anything too serious, but there's a guy down there who's going to go into trainers and, or, you know, a training game. So um, we'll just see how that goes. And if we have the numbers, we'll keep going. A lot. We did lose kind of eight or ten girls when we felt that it was full contact rugby. But there's no such a thing. We can, can just play fun tag and whatever. But it's great fun, and the girls, I'd say most of them out there have probably played soccer or Gaelic, so they are interested. And, um, and what's the difference, is there, between women's rugby and men's rugby? Well, we were playing a league match, or the J1s were playing in Navin one day, one of the earlier games in the league, and I went up there as a supporter, and there was a ladies' match, and I went over, and I said, oh my God, I came home, and I said, I don't think this ladies' rugby is for our girl. <laughs> the fighting pullets, my brother John Brown calls them, but <laughs> you'd want to be a fighting pullet to, to play the game I saw up there between, I know they're a Division 1 or something, Water Park and Navin and oh I absolutely was big, was shocked it was it was as physical as any man's game you would see I mean it's full scrums it's tackles it's head on yeah, yeah and line outs and you know it's the full it's the same game as far as That's I could see anyway but I mean certainly in we'd be division three this year and not for two years would you be playing um, I don't think you'd be certainly there'd be non-contested scrums and um, but there'd be line outs and there will be scrums and that but we're going to have a get fun anyway and have our first game and see how we go That's it. and are you calling for um, women interested in uh, yeah, rugby out we have a few girls from Carlow and certainly yeah. from around the area because there's very few our nearest neighbours I think that play at the moment are Port Leash very successful Rath Drum play Wexford play so anybody in the in the environs um, you know my, my number is easily contactable or anybody in the club yeah. and every, we train every Monday and Wednesday 8 o'clock and um, there's a great bit of fun certainly so far to be had in it so hopefully we will keep the training going anyway and it's a fun and maybe in the summer then play a bit of tag or whatever and we'll see how our first game goes at the weekend